a lot of people that hear the story message me and say, you know what? I was sitting on the couch and I saw my idea on TV that I had four or five mm-hmm. years ago. And they didn't they didn't go through with their idea. And and really if mm-hmm. if your idea there's tons of ideas out there. And if you have an idea and you haven't acted on it, one day you're gonna be sitting on the couch and the, another person is gonna have your idea and making millions of dollars. Monday, Monday. Happy Monday, everybody. I hope you guys enjoyed your weekend and I hope you guys are enjoying your holiday. I knew it was a surprise for me. I don't usually get President's Day off, but uh, when the work called us up and said that there was no work today, it was fantastic surprise. So uh, with all that being said, I have a fantastic guest for you as always. But before I do that, make sure that you're following the podcast. You can follow me on social media, on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, all at Dalton K. Jensen. I'm not really active on Instagram, but you can go ahead and follow me there. Uh, LinkedIn is probably another great place. Dalton K. Jensen. Join the newsletter and the text community. You can do that on DaltonKJensen.com. And with all that being said, let me introduce Rob Polecki, who is the owner of Washi Toilets. And we had an amazing conversation from him being in government to quitting all of that to be on Shark Tank. Uh, and then not getting accepted by Shark Tank and going all in on his business and ultimately finding a huge success. So uh, this was an amazing episode. You guys are really going to enjoy it. Remember to share it with your friends. And without further ado, Rob Pilecki. Welcome, everybody. This is Don Jensen, and you're tuning into The Thinking Project. Thanks for being here, Rob. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on the show, my friend. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited too. Cause um, so I you've been on a few podcasts. You I've I've listened to a few of them. I found you on LinkedIn. I thought Washi was crazy. And then I meet uh I, by chance I end up at this networking event and I meet I meet a guy and he takes me to another his guy's name's Camden. I go to another networking event. And I see Washi there on the table. And I'm like, holy crap, I know this. Holy and then I crap. meet Dane. <laughs> and then I meet Dane. And Dane, we're talking. And uh, so so Dane tells me when when you guys first went in on this idea, he uh, you called him over. You had an idea. You He runs over and he finds you like messing around with this toilet seat. And he's like, what the heck is going on? Is that when this all started or how did this start, man? You know, you know that story about how all um, these big tech companies started in a garage. <laughs> That's yeah. when I started, my friend. We, I was drilling holes in a toilet seat. I had <laughs> bought like five toilet seats from Home Depot. Got a drill, was drilling holes in them, putting like sprinkler heads in them, <laughs> tubing from a um, fish bowl and and a dispenser. Wow. And I was trying to put this thing together. And I called Dane over and I showed him, and he was like. <laughs> what the hell is this? <laughs> That's right. You know, it didn't look the greatest, but the concept worked, right? Like I, I built it and you know, soap and uh sanitizer was coming out of the seat so that somebody uh, could sanitize the seat. And I was like, man, I made this in my garage. It doesn't look the greatest, but it works. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. I thought when I saw that, I was like, holy cow, that's in that's an insane idea because most people, I mean, before Washi, and this is just what I'm thinking, right? 
like before washi, you just have those those toilet seat covers, right? Yeah. But no one ever uses them because they like they're really like flimsy. They rip. Yeah. And then you come along with like swipe your hand up, squirts out, and you just wipe it real quick, and that's yeah. it. Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, um, I'll tell you about the story of how I yeah. came up with it, right? And you know, the story is kind of coming full circle. Just this this thing has just become like a book. I need to write a book one day. But um, I was I was an elected official in the state of Idaho, and um, I was at the airport with my four year old son, and he starts doing the potty dance. We stand in line and a stall finally opens up and the guy before me had kind of sprinkled on the seat, right? And so I, I, you know, my son has to go. So I put paper toilet seat covers on it, right? And I try to lift him up on the seat and he starts kicking. He's like, what is that? I don't want to sit on that thing. And so I, I go and get some soap and some paper towels and I, and, you know, I clean the seat down for my four-year-old son so he could sit. And I'm like, how come, you know, everything in this restroom is like hands-free to eliminate germs, except for the most important thing, the thing that you got to take your pants down and, and see the bottom, <laughs> right? That's and a the, great point. Yeah. yeah, so so my idea was to finally eliminate paper toilet seat covers. There, mm-hmm. There's been no innovation there. People, you're right, people don't use them. 22, I found data, 22% of people use paper toilet seat covers now. They're always on the floor. The messy maintenance crews hates them. So my uh, invention is to eliminate paper toilet seat covers. Oh my gosh, that's insane! And and Rob, you have a wild story from from becoming an elected official. So coming from uh, it was New, it was New Zealand, right? Yep. To Hawaii, yep. then to then to Idaho, yep. and and then I mean your story's wild. I mean it's just crazy because then you go on Shark Tank. And why don't you just give us like, I know you've probably told it. I know you told the story a lot, but just one more time for the listeners, uh, even though I know it, they might not. So, yeah. so however far or however much or little you want to give, like, but just tell us like how this got started. Yeah. So people need to hear this shark. I, I've told this story so many times. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, people, people need to hear this story because a lot of people that hear the story message me and say, you know what? I was sitting on the couch and I saw my idea on TV that I had four or five mm-hmm. years ago and they didn't, they didn't go through with their idea. And, and really if, mm-hmm. if your idea, there's tons of ideas out there. And if you have an idea and you haven't acted on it, one day you're going to be sitting on the couch and the, another person is going to have your idea and making millions of dollars. So this Shark Tank story starts out where, you know, in 2015, I filed for a patent. It took me three years to get the patent. Um, I basically went on Google patents and did all the research, tons and tons of reading, tons and tons of rejections from the USPTO. In 2018, they issued me my first utility patent and I decided to try out for Shark Tank. So I I made a prototype and I, uh, I go to Boise, drive to Boise, pick up the prototype from Boise to Las Vegas, drive there one night, and I get to um, Shark Tank auditions. It's in the middle of Consumer Electronics Show. And I'm sitting in my car, parking lot, you know, in my car. And I'm like, what the heck am I doing? There's thousands and thousands of people here. And I'm going to push in a toilet bowl and a toilet seat on this push cart. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh. That's the most embarrassing thing at the time. But then, you know, I, I got the, the guts to do it. And I took it out of my car and I pushed it through the casino. 
and I got the opposite reaction, right? Hundreds and hundreds of people, I'm saying hundreds of people came up and were like, what is that thing? What did, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. You know? And so because of that, the, sh- the Shark Tank producers come and pull me out of the line. I pitch for them. I nailed it. And, and I make it, right? Out of 42,000 wow. companies in 2018 applied, and I made it to the end. And so I had lied on my Shark Tank application. And, <laughs> yes. and I told them that, you know, you, you can't be an elected official running for office while on ABC Network. Which is, which is why? I, I, I don't. Because in elections, you have to have you have to give your opponent the same opportunities that you get. All right. So if my opponent didn't have that opportunity, it's like just like campaigning laws and all that. stuff. Okay. if anybody knows. Yeah. The first page of the Shark Tank application that says you cannot be an elected official running for office. And (laughs) that year I was I didn't think I was going to make it. So I checked, I checked the box. Like, yeah. yeah oh yeah. You, okay. So you weren't like an officially elected, like you weren't officially elected. Um, we are also brought to you guys by Monarch Social. Now Monarch Social isn't just another social media marketing company because they're going to take care of you on all your digital marketing fronts from SEO to beautifully designed websites to custom videography. And if you want to know more about that, you got to check out the video they did for me uh, on the Thinking Project Facebook group um, because it was absolutely phenomenal. They absolutely killed it. Morgan and his team take really good care of you. They walk you through every step of the process and the communication is on point. So if you need a custom video, a beautifully designed website, if you need a custom social media ad campaigns, Monarch Socials, where it's at. They also have a podcast they release every Friday where they bring you a ton of value. So check them out, monarchsocialbrand.com, or you can find them wherever uh, you're on social media because they're probably there too. So check them out, monarchsocialbrand.com and get your digital marketing rolling. But And you didn't think you were going to make it? Yeah, I didn't think I was going to make the show, so I lied on oh. the <laughs> Right. I didn't think I was going to make it that far. So I was That's like, awesome. <laughs> and when I got to the, got to the casino and I was filling out the application and I was like, Oh my gosh, I drove this all this way. And now this one thing is going to, you know, not allow me to pitch. So I just yeah. checked it anyway. Right. And so <laughs> I, I made it to the end and, um, and they're like, okay, Rob, we're going to go over your pitch. We're going to look, talk about your set, you know, buy your set. We're going to have some toilet stalls and, you're set, you know, this is going to be funny and blah, blah, blah. And we're going through it all. And then two weeks before I'm supposed to head down, they, the producers call me and say, Rob, you know what? We found another company that has revenue. They're also a restroom company. Um, you know what? We're going to have to um, pass on you this year. But next year, keep in touch. And you know what? Oh, dang. I, at that point, I before that, sorry, I missed the part. Before that. Yeah. They made me quit my job to go on the show, right? They made yeah. me say, Rob, you can't wow. for, you know, become an elected official. If you oh, want to be on the show, you got to quit your job. And so at that point, I was like, you know what? I'm going to be a millionaire. Once <laughs> this hits, I'm going to be like this instant millionaire. So I quit my job. And um, two weeks before going on to the show, they, they cut me. And so that was the first punch in the gut. Oh, no. Like I had quit nice salary, full benefits, good government 401k. Mm-hmm. I had been working for government for 12 years. And, you know, everything was good. I could have stayed yeah, in that wow. position until I retired. Um, 
and I quit and that, now I had nothing. And yeah. I had a toilet seat, a toilet bowl, and a pad. And <laughs> I was kind of depressed for a few months, but then um, me and my wife got together, you know, we talked about it and, and you know, we, we came to an agreement that it was time for me to go 100% with the company and try it out and, and see where this goes and, and try to get this into the market. And, you know, I'm, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Getting yeah. cut from the show at that, you know, that time, it was like, it was the worst thing ever. But looking back, it was the best thing because I was able to quit my job and go 100% with the company, which if I never quit my job, Washi would have always been a side hustle. And then, uh, and then I was able to, um, I was able to become an entrepreneur. Right? I've always wanted to become an entrepreneur. I just never had the guts. So I was forced to quit my job and do it. So that's kind of the story of Washi and Shark Tank. Wow. So, but I like what you brought up there that, that um, you've all, you always wanted to be an entrepreneur, but you never had the guts. And sometimes it takes that, right? Like life does that to you. It just forces you into, into a path that you got to take it or leave it. Right. Yeah. Or, I mean, you don't even really get the option to take it or leave it. It's like, here it is, bro. It is. My back was against the wall. I, I had nothing. I quit my job and, and like I had no health benefits and no salary anymore. You know, and it's not like, and it's not like a normal job, right? Like where you can just go back. Hey, like, can I have my job back? Like you, yeah. you're an elected official, like, right. Nope. Right. And, and you <laughs> oh know, after I got from the show, I was thinking maybe I'll just go get a, another job. But then, you yeah. know, we talked about it. And I was like, nah, just keep going, you know, just keep going. Uh-huh. And, and because I kept going, a lot of things happened. Um, because I was an elected official, it was all over the newspaper. It hit the papers, uh, elected, and people can research this on on Google. <laughs> elected official quits his job to go on toilet seat run. So from <laughs> Washington, so from Washington, the state of Washington to Nevada, California, all these cities were picking up um, this story about me going on Shark Tank and quitting my job as an elected official. And so it hit Utah, right? KSL got it. And um, the mm-hmm. CEO of Squatty Potty hit me up, you know, goes to my uh, website. Yeah. You know, Squatty Potty is top five products in Shark Tank. And, and they invite me down to um, St. George and they say, wow, you know, we love your product. Let's, let's get together and do something together. And, and at that point, um, I had so much publicity from being in the newspaper, tons of attraction. Wow. Like, Janitorial distribution companies. I said, you know what? I got something. I'm gonna try this on my own and, uh, mm. and figure it out. And and Squatty Potty, if I remember the story correctly, because I've listened to a few of, of the podcasts you were on. But if yeah. I remember correctly, Squatty Potty was like, "Hey, we're gonna." Didn't they want like yeah. ownership, like controlling yeah. ownership? Yeah, they wanted over half of the company. They asked me, "Hey, you can come work for us. You know, come work, come move down to St. George, work for us. We'll we'll take over the company." Um, which was fine, you know. I was yeah. in government for 12 years. Um, yeah. I had no business, you know, running a, uh, running a startup company. But, you know, <laughs> I've learned along the way. And, and when I had that conversation with them on the drive back home from St. George to Pocatello, Idaho, I thought to myself, yeah. you know what? I got something. Got something right. now. They want it. I got something. So that's when I decided just to go, you know, take the leap of faith on my, my own and, and try it out. Yeah. Now, some people, when they get an offer like that, because I'm sure it wasn't like a if they're asking for like majority shares in the company, um, they're going to they're going to do all this stuff. I'm sure it wasn't like a 
I'm sure it wasn't like to a normal person, right? Like a cheap offer. Like there was probably some money on the table for you. Yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't go into any of the, the details, sure. but it was attractive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And and of course, yeah, you don't have to go into it. But but my what I was leading to was most people in in that position. You know, you're forced into this. You have to quit your job. Most people are going to look at that and, and they might take it. Right? They yeah. might just say it's easy. I got it. I got an out. All this hard work is is boom. Right? But you you did the opposite. Um, and I mean, obviously, you know why now. But looking at it, what what were some of the motivations behind like? Like what made you think like you could do it? Uh, and I and I only mean that in the most respectful way. Like yeah. when and it, when everybody else would have taken the money and run, you yeah. didn't. And I'm and I'm curious what your thought process was. I, I saw the bright lights. <laughs> I saw the money. I was like, you know what? You know what? If they want it, I can make this thing big, right? I can get it out there. You know, I had a little. So so on the journey, I've always worked you know, a nine to five, but I've had side hustles. My wife and I own a commercial cleaning company. She's a realtor. Um, so we've always done things on the side. I used to be an independent film director, won um, some short film uh, competitions. So I've always been doing stuff on the side. So I, I thought to myself, one, you know, the bright lights hit and I thought I could be, you know, take this product to the top. Two, I wanted to become an entrepreneur and just go fools full speed and, and never work for anyone else but myself. Um, and then just the last part, I just wanted to test it out, you know, and, and I, I kind of, I kind of had some, you know, a little confidence in myself and saying, I, I can probably do this myself. Um, but I, I just really wanted to go down that, that path. And, and I'm so glad I did it, man. It was, it's, it has been the hardest thing that I've ever done in my life. I've done some things in my life. I've seen some bad, you know, some things in my life, as it has been the hardest thing I've ever tried to achieve in my life, but it has been the most fulfilling. The, yeah. I, personally and professionally, personally, I found some things that I had to dig dig down deep, man. I've, yeah. I've, uh, I've been installing toilet seats, the most <laughs> disgusting thing ever. And when I, when I invented this thing, I never thought I was going to be actually installing them. And, right. And so right before this um, podcast, I, I was installing toilet seats, right? The CEO <laughs> of the company installing toilet seats. And so um, it's been the hardest thing, but it's been the most fulfilling. Yeah. What are some of the biggest lessons? Uh, you know, you mentioned that you had, you've had to look deep. I, I was listening to one episode where, you know, you, you went through a lot of growth during your time as an elected official. Um, what, what were some of the lessons that changed? Like what, you know what I mean? Like what, what were some of the lessons that changed when you were an elected official versus when you were um, going through your entrepreneurial journey? Like what yeah. were some of the, what were some of the th differences you saw there? And then, yeah. What were some of the biggest lessons you learned? Yeah. So as an elected official, I mean, I led a, a very large department of 60 plus employees, $79 million budget. Um, I, I was a clerk of the district court. So all the, the, Offices in the courthouse were under me. I ran elections. Uh, I was the comptroller of the county. So all money came through me. Social services came through me. I just had so much responsibility. But I, I always had like the nine to five. The, the mm -hmm. salary was coming in. The benefits were there. You know, it was it was it was cool. I, I depended on the job to support me. 
transferring and, and transitioning over to uh, an entrepreneur, there's no money, right? I, yeah. I, in the beginning, I hadn't paid myself for two years, right? Because I was putting all my money into the company. I had to go raise money. I had to go speak in front of um, hundreds and hundreds of people when I pitched. I, we, you know, we won a couple pitch competitions and won some money. And so all these new things that I, I started to do, um, it took some took some guts, you know, it took some yeah. uh, self, you know, self-development on myself um, to learn these new things and, and also really just gain the balls to, to, to get out there and do it and and walk around with a toilet seat. Man. It's, <laughs> it's it's for real. It is um, you know, I, I went to this this uh, tech um, it was it's called Boise Startup Week. Um, it was um, a tech pitch competition, or just a startup competition, and it was about thirty tech companies, and I'm the only toilet seat. Product. You're like the only product. Yeah, right. and the rest of tech, right? And um, yeah, and I woke up there and I pitched in a, with a toilet seat, and they're they're, they're all laughing. I, I crack jokes, but I win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I yeah. Right, I went twenty grand, and and everyone was like, "What the heck?" But That's because awesome. because they after pitching and after telling them, "Hey, what do you do when you wake up in the morning? What's the first thing you do? You go use the bathroom." There is a toilet seat <laughs> in every single facility. There's a toilet seat in every single home. The possibilities for our my invention are unlimited, right? Because I'm yeah. everywhere. So when I explain yeah. that, and we also have a cartridge of chemical that goes into the seat, and that's a you know, every month we get some recurring revenue from that. Um, oh, so because you're, you're, uh, yeah, they're buying the cartridges. They're, they're buying the cartridges from us. So they like that revenue model. But all these things that I had to learn from, you know, the transition from a nine to five. Now I'm on my own. There's no money coming in. Uh, like sometimes we're, we're broke and there's like $4,000 in the account. And next month we're going to be broke and we finally sell some seats or get some more investment. <laughs> it has been like, you know, the, the a, a story like a like a for a movie. But um yeah, it's been tough. It's definitely been tough and learning those lessons along the way uh mm-hmm. made me stronger as an entrepreneur, as a as, also as a father too. Yeah. Yeah, because you um yeah, you're a, you're a father and I'm and I'm curious your perspective because it was fun to listen to some of the episodes and, and have you talk about Hawaii like I've never been to Hawaii, but my family is Hawaiian. Okay. All my family lives on Kauai. Okay. Um, you like need to Come on, man. Yeah, I know. That's why I know. Everybody says that. My mom and brothers all live there, and yeah, okay. half of my family's there, and half of my family's here. But it's fun. But I'm just curious for you, because this is a really cool story for, for Polynesian, you know, the upcoming Polynesian generation. Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of Polynesians are uh, have entrepreneurial tendencies. We have that creative spirit, you know, and, and for someone to, to, you know, to have representation like you in a position as an inventor, as a position as like a, a successful entrepreneur, because I mean, your story's not over, right? You're going to keep going. Um, what's the most important thing you want, especially like the, the upcoming Polynesian generation, but, but everybody, but especially these, this generation, right? What do you want them to know about, um, just just not not giving up and and uh just the journey right like like pursuing their dreams and and breaking whatever molds they might have yeah yeah so um you know with my story my parents and myself are immigrants to this country so 
I, I was born and raised in South Auckland, New Zealand, and coming to the States, my parents made so many sacrifices, you know, saved so much money, um, took the leap of faith. It was it was the scariest thing for two parents to take their three children to the States to try to live the American dream. And, and uh, my mom and dad, they worked their butts off, you know, like two jobs, never saw my dad. He was always at work you know, six days a week and then go to church on Sunday, then he's back to work. So, um, you know, that grind, that grind that my parents went through um, has transitioned and they did it so that I would never have to do that, um, you know, for me and my kids, right? They, they worked the, the nine to fives so that I could be like a doctor or a lawyer or, you know, have that type of position. And so for the kids that are coming up, especially Polynesian kids, you know, they've all come from immigrant families. They did not, you know, most of them were born here, but their parents or their grandparents, great-grandparents came from the island of Samoa or New Zealand. And, and they need to think about, you know, the sacrifices that their families have made for them to, to come and live in America, live the American dream. Because, you know, when you look at it, um, if, if you don't speak English, if you don't uh, have money and you come to this country with nothing and make it, that's an accompli- accomplishment. And, a lot of Polynesian parents have done that. And so what, what our culture has taught us is um, always to be humble and to be leaders. And so every, if you see in sports, you know, Polynesians are huge in sports, right? Mm-hmm. Most of them in the 90s and the early 2000s were linemen, right? Linemen or linebackers, the big guys, right? Mm-hmm. You yeah. see today, we're now transitioning into skilled positions, quarterbacks, receivers, tight ends, we're going where everyone is like growing into something else. And that has to happen with business, right? Mm. If, if um, there's, a, there's a lot of Polynesians that are in the LDS church and they are in leadership positions in the LDS church, but they're not in leadership positions in their employment, right? Mm. Which, which says something that, that, that they're scared to maybe move up or they don't have the skills or education to move up and, and, as I see, as I go to these tech conferences, I see like one here, one there, one Polynesian there, one, and there's not too many, but there's a lot of uh, aspiring um, tech, you know, Polynesians that want to come in tech. And, and to make that leap of faith is pretty tough because, you know, you only know what your parents did or taught you. So um, it's, it's a bright future if you make that leap. You know, the leadership skills are there, the, the hardworking skills are there. They just need to kind of make that leap into business, into, you know, becoming an entrepreneur, owning your, you know, owning your own thing and not working for someone, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Ownership is a big deal. I think yeah. that is something that um, when, when people talk about like, and this is just my opinion, right? But when people talk about like finance in school and they're like, people should have finance schools. I think what you, what they miss when they have these finance conversations is what you just pointed out. And that's ownership, right? Like, it's not enough to just make money, but to like own the money that you're bringing in and like own the sources of the money that you're bringing in. Right. Um, that's great. That that's, I mean, and so you have a really good point there and I think that's really important. I think it's interesting also that you pointed out. Yeah. They are, they're in a lot of leadership positions in their, in their religious organizations, but yeah, not so much in their professional lives, I think. So, so I have two questions. The first question is what, what did your parents think? Cause I thought it was, I thought it was funny to listen to that because the same thing happened like in, in, you know, in my experience, but you know, you're like, everybody works so hard so that you can live successful. 
and then you go be an entrepreneur and it's really hard every day. Right. Yeah. Um, what did your parents think? Like, were they, I'm, were they supportive? Did they have questions? What, what yeah. happened there? So at first, right, I was I was an elected official in the state of Idaho. I was the, one of the youngest elected officials. And um, I mean, it's just like, you know, some kind of title, you know, prestigious title. And and my parents were digging it, man. They would tell everyone. They would say, oh, you know, my son, he, he's an elected official in Idaho. You know, he does well. He got a nice house, you know, nice family. And then uh, I told them one day that I was going to quit. And they were like, what? What are you quitting for? And I was like, I invented this toilet seat. <laughs> and um, they just didn't understand at first. You know, they just didn't understand. But until I kind of explained it and sat them down and, you know, told them why I'm giving up the job, told them about this invention, they actually invested in the company. They gave me they gave me money to, to you know, help me out with tax. Oh. And they've been so supportive of the journey and they believe because because now they believe in the product when they when I actually um, made a nice looking prototype and I showed them how it worked they were like oh I think you do have something there you know <laughs> so it took a lot of convincing but when I first told them yeah. that I was quitting to make toilet seats <laughs> they, were, yeah. they, they did not like it at all but um so supportive but yeah. yeah so supportive yeah. now yeah and it's just like uh you have to start there, right? Like, especially like, I don't know, like I grew up in a Polynesian household. Our parents are nosy, man. Yeah. <laughs> They're right. They want to know what's going Polynesian on. Business, yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. That's great. And then, um, so, so that's really cool. So, so you have to convince your parents and obviously from the stories that I've heard, your wife has always been really supportive. She was the, she was the one who kind of pushed you there too. Right. She was like, we're, we got to be all in. Right. Yeah, so she was the breadwinner. She's actually still the breadwinner of the family right now um, because of our cleaning company. She runs a cleaning company and she was mm -hmm. a realtor in, uh, in Idaho. But um, when we had that discussion, she said, you know what? We can live off, off of our cleaning business, you know, the money that that brings in. Mm -hmm. You go off. You go off on the journey and I'll build the, the business, you know, our cleaning business. Wow. And make sure that, that we're okay. So... So when we have that talk, I mean, if you're if you have a spouse, you can't do something without them coming on board, giving you the green light, because that would ruin the partnership that you guys have. So I definitely had to get not permission, but uh, understanding between the both of us that that we were moving in this direction. And, and she really led the conversation. Mm -hmm. and said, You know, what? go do it. Go do it. You can do this, you know, and, and yeah. don't worry about everything else. I'll I'll take care of um, the family, the kids. We have four kids now. She still takes care of them, runs the business. So <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty lucky to to have a you know supportive partner. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and, and yeah, and so important. I think I think I like what you said there. You know, it, it really just comes down to like teamwork, right? Like like you and you and a spouse or, or a team, and and uh, I like what you said there, like not really permission, but like buy-in, right? Like everybody's got to be on the same page because if we're not on the same lane, if we're not on the same page, like this doesn't work. Yeah. And that's just true. That's that's more true in relationships like that, but so true in anything else, like with you and your business partner, right? Yeah. You guys all got to be on the same page. It, it doesn't make any sense. Permission or no permission. Like if you yeah. guys aren't on the same page, it's not going to work. Yeah. And we definitely have to regroup at sometimes, you know, like uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Throughout, throughout the the years, we've had to come back and say, look, this is getting tougher. Right. And um, remember what we talked about in the beginning. This is what I'm going to do to help the family and, and run the business this is what you're going to do. And 
and and kind of yeah. get back on the same page, like you said. But um, it's and it's been tough. But um, you know, we've made it. We've made it now three years. So, <laughs> so what keeps you so? What do you think keeps you so positive? Um, and and I'm not saying like like toxic positivity, right? Because I do I do think you can go a little crazy with that. But it seems like you're in good spirits, you know. And it seems like you know you just keep up and up. Like what 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 do you focus on that helps you stay in the right mindset to keep this train moving forward? Yeah, I was lucky enough to have um, a mom that uh, was the center of attention, right? <laughs> so my mom, uh, man, she is the she has the best personality. She is so welcoming. So like she wants to take care of everyone. When we have parties, she's always center attention. And I learned that from her. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I took that personality trait from her. It's always like that with Polynesians. It's always mm-hmm. like, always like welcoming. We're always like, you know, happy, happy people. Right. But um, there's always hard times. And sometimes we cover up, you know, everything with a smile, um, you know, the hard times. But um, what else is there to do? Right. What else is there to do? He, he, you know, I've been in a slump and and having the best attitude has gotten me out of that. So, uh, you know, when I get down and, and there's some hard times where I feel like, you know, I'm in a, the, the restroom installing season. I want to freaking cry because nothing's going right. And and perspective is everything. The way you look at it is everything. Perspective um, and the, the experiences that I've had on this journey. Um, some people would have quit, but perspective is everything. Yeah, that's so true. Like just keeping it all in the same mindset, right? Like that same vision yeah. and knowing like every day, every day you get closer. Yeah. I'll tell you a story. Right. I got that one time. So, so in my hometown, I get a call and, um, and we had installed seats in in like, um, event centers, airport, you know, a country club. And some one, one of the facilities calls and says, Hey, um, all the seats in here are broken. And I go, how are they broken? Like what, what happened? And they're like, you better come take a look at this. So I go there and, and somebody had kicked all of the seats. Right. And they had kicked wow. them off the hinges and destroyed the seats. And, and that was a pretty painful moment for me because my invention that I worked so hard on, the money that I put into this was someone to go. And it was when the I think the kids were doing the TikTok thing when they were destroying bathrooms or something like that. I don't know. Um, oh but they, they kicked the seats and, and just destroyed like 10 seats. And um, oh I had to go in there, take them out, you know. And um, it was one of the hardest points in, in, in the company because now I had somebody destroying something that I worked hard on. Um, and, and then this year, no, actually three, two months ago, I had the same experience. Somebody did it again. And, um, oh same and so place or different place, different, different place, you know, and it's, it's, it's where we got to put our seats, right? So gas stations and, other places where like the, the most stupidest people go in and, and trash <laughs> bathrooms is yeah. I can't put my seats in there now because they're just not at that level. Right. I'm putting them in, in like um, airports and in arenas where you have to buy a ticket. Right. So yeah, those, yeah, kind, yeah. Of, those kind of levels, but um, it happened again. And when I went in there, I laughed. I just laughed. I just kept laughing. I was like, you know what? This is just funny now. This is just funny that this is happening. 
And because yeah. I had that attitude of laughing, and while I was taking out the seeds and and sweating, I was just laughing my butt off because that's the only perspective that you can take from that. You're like, yeah. this is happening again. <laughs> like, what else am I gonna do? Like, you can't stop this. Somebody, some idiot is gonna go come in and, and ruin the seeds. But I gotta learn from it. I gotta learn that I'm never gonna put these these seats in a place like in a park or in a gas station or those types of facilities where some idiot is, or even in a bar where people are drinking and mm. drunk. And so it was just yeah, hard. because yeah, because you can't. I, that's crazy. Why would you break a toilet? I, I don't know. Great. It just doesn't make sense. So it doesn't like, make sense. You had no I, I'm curious. Sense. I mean. Yeah, I'm curious though. Do that? Does that happen with like? Did did they target your seats? Was it like, oh, this is a nice seat? Like, or does yeah. that happen to like toilet seats in general? Like, people just break. Do they I, replace toilet seats all the time? Yeah, I have no clue if they do were <laughs> targeting me or the company or it was one of the haters that were like, oh, it just didn't like me or whatever, or if it was just a random incident because it, yeah. it happened in Idaho and it happened in Utah, right? Two different oh, wow. states. So you know, I. I can't control all that stuff. The only thing that sure. I control is is my attitude, right? Is the perspective yeah. that I took on that. Perspective that I took the second time was okay. I learned learning lessons. I I can't put them in these kinds of places. Um, yeah. the, the, it is really hard to break the seat off. You have to freaking take a running start and 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 kick that. It is so hard to 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 destroy. So they took some one of the one of the bowls was destroyed too. So they had closed off the area. If you try to flush the, the toilet bowl, the water started coming out. So Ooh. they just they just damaged the everything. And in you know, people at you got to think people who are doing that kind of thing. There's something that's going on with them, and and I really feel yeah. sorry for them. You know, if they're gonna be doing that to to public places, like yeah, you need some yeah, that's crazy. To find <laughs> what's going wrong with yourself? So it's perspective, man. Everything is perspective. So I yeah. just left and took them out. And you know what? Learn, learn my lesson and we're moving on. Yeah, yeah. Move on. I like that. I, I like the, you really have to take that, that philosophy in business um, of, yeah, you know, just things happening. You got to keep going and it is yeah. what it is kind of thing. Right. Um, so when, when did you know, you know, you mentioned earlier in our conversation that you've always wanted to be an entrepreneur, but when did you want, when did you know that you had an interest in that? And when, and when did it kind of click for you that, that being an entrepreneur was something, something that you could do, even if you were forced into it? Oh, when I was 12 years old. So when I was 12, when we moved, I moved to from New Zealand to Hawaii when I was 12. And, and uh, that's when it all started. My, my parents, my grandma, they made us go door to door. That's when my door to door sales started. We used to make these wow. things called uh, spam musubi. You know, musubi is spam. Oh yeah, I, that, I grew up. Yeah, I grew up yeah. in spam. Absolutely. So we used to make like a hundred spam musubis and put them in a container, and we used to go walk door to door and sell them. Me and my cousins, oh, wow. and um, also banana bread, and and of course. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where my that's where the the door to door sales came in, and I knew when I, once I saw the money, once I saw how much I, I worked hard, I got money, and I was able to contribute to my family. That's when I started becoming an entrepreneur. And ever since then, I've always had some kind of side hustle, like throwing mm-hmm. concerts, doing like uh, commercials, and all kinds of like ideas. I also mm-hmm. had ideas in my phone, and 
and go down list and list and list of ideas when I had an idea. So, um, and that's when I came up with the toilet seat idea. So, yep, yep. <laughs> that's yep. my book, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I've always, I've always had it. You know, I started when I was twelve, um, and it was the grind of of trying to, um, you know, help and 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 put in with what, a, with what my family was going through. Yeah, but what a great way to start your entrepreneurial journey. Who can say no to spam Musubi? <laughs> That's right. My wife likes Musubis, and um, she's from Idaho. So. Yeah, I was gonna say, I when I grew up, my mom used to like I wrestled, yeah. and I would. It, it was mostly during wrestling season though, because we would go and do we do the long tournaments or whatever. Yeah. And my mom would pack the, a whole case of them, you know, like ten of them or whatever, and mm. we just eat them during. And I would I would eat them, and then my friends would be like, "What's that?" I'd be like, "Oh, it's spam Musubi or whatever." And yeah, all of them were gone. My mom had to start making me like buckets. And then, yeah, I would do the same thing. I'd be like, all right, whatever. Like, sell the spam moose, be it. When they hear about spam, they knock on it. But when they taste it, they're like, oh, (laughs) it's still too good. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's right. They're like, what's your, what's the Polynesian breakfast? It's eggs, spam, and rice. That's right. Right. Breakfast of Kings right there. That's right. <laughs> I if, you love want, it. if you want to get big like a like a Polynesian, like a Samoan or a Tony, you better be eating some spam rice and eggs in the morning. <laughs> I love that, man. That's my favorite. That's my stuff. Um, that's really cool. So so now so now um but but talk to me about uh your patent. Now that's a pretty big deal because and I don't obviously it took you a long time to get it. Um and I mean, because they're just like patents aren't easy to get. Like those aren't easy to do, you know. And uh-huh. you get the letter that says you are an inventor, yeah. like you know. And and uh, so tell us about the story of getting the patent. Like how how did how did that come about? What what made you? Did you know that if you were going to invent this, you'd need a patent, or was it just something like, yeah, like yeah. did someone tell you that or what? Yeah. So never in my wildest dreams did I ever think I was going to be an inventor. And yeah. official inventor. People are like throw that term around, but unless you get a patent issued to you from the United States Patent and Trademark Office, you are not an official inventor, <laughs> right? Heck yeah, um, that's right. So, so you know, I, I watched Shark Tank. You know, I watched tons of Shark Tank before inventing this thing. It was like number one show, one of my shows that I watched every Friday. And um, and so when I came up with the idea, I just automatically thought I needed a patent and. Um, I got with a patent attorney and, and it cost a lot of money. So I did the legwork, right? I did a lot of the, le- the reading. So what, what a patent is, is that you, you have to make sure that your idea doesn't infringe on others, right? Other mm-hmm. patents in the market. So my a piece of my idea could be in another patent or two pieces of my ideas could be split into other patents that, that I couldn't infringe on. So I had to make sure that I went through every single toilet seat patent to make sure that mine was different. And that took a long time, like nights that I would stay awake to like three o'clock reading and, and trying to get this done. Um, wow, even, even the design, Yeah, even the design and like, you have to submit drawings to um, the USBTO. And so the funny thing, I was in, um, I was in a, at a convention as, you know, when I was an elected official and everybody was staying in a hotel and while everyone was at, you know, at the, the dinner and having drinks and everything, 
I was carrying a toilet bowl and a toilet seat to my hotel room. And I got caught. <laughs> Everybody in the, the conference was coming out of the dinner hall, and I was taking the toilet bowl and the toilet seat to my room. And, um, and everyone was like, what is he doing? But you know, while everyone was at dinner, I was in my hotel room at the desk measuring out how a toilet seat, my toilet seat would fit on the toilet bowl. So, yeah. you know, it, it took three years and did not, I had like three denials from the, the patent office and mm-hmm. finally issued in 2018. And then I recently just was issued my second utility patent last year. So Okay. So what, so um, you say utility patent. Now I, I don't know anything about patents. Yeah. So is that, is that different or is, are there levels it's, to patents or what yeah. is that? So there's two types, right? The design patent and a utility. Utility okay. is is how it works, right? So no one can ever have a dispenser, um, uh, a chamber, um, a cartridge inside of a toilet seat that dispenses soap or you know sanitizer out of a seat. So it's how it works. It's not how it looks. Then you can have a, a design patent on how this looks, like how this this mouse looks. I can yeah. draw all this mouse and say, no one can ever copy that design. That is my okay. design. But how it works and how it functions, you have to press this button, click the mouse. You have to roll the mouse around. That's a utility patent. So I have okay. utility patents in which. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Damage Plan Insurance. Damage Plan Insurance is your local insurance company that will always make sure of two things that you have the correct coverage and that you're paying the least amount possible for those coverages. Zach is a really good friend of mine. In fact, he's been on the podcast before I use all of my insurance through him and he's done a wonderful job. So give Zach and his team a call today, 385-243-2900. Again, that's 385-243-2900. Or you can find him on all social media under damage plan insurance Make sure that you're paying the least amount possible for the most coverage. So give Damage Plan a shot, and it'll be the best decision you've ever made. They're the best kind of patent you can get. Right, right. That's insane. So, so do you have to keep renewing the patent, or yeah? So the or, patent for lasts you? twenty years. So okay. my first patent was issued in eighteen, which lasts twenty years, and then my second was issued last year. Um, but then you have to, yeah, you have to kind of update the USPTO on what's been going on throughout the years, pay the fees. Oh, it's all yeah. about money, man. Definitely all about <laughs> money. So much money to, to, to file things. And USPTO is the only office, like government office that's self-funded. Uh, like they, they, <laughs> <laughs> So it's, uh, it's definitely about wow. money. Yeah. Yeah, that's bananas. Holy cow. Well, that's amazing. Holy cow. Yeah, one, really one cool. thing that I, I, I didn't think of when I received my first pen, I was like, are there any other Polynesian inventors? I, I don't know if I've ever yeah, even heard yeah. of one. Yeah. Right? Like, I kind of Googled. There was nothing on Google, but I was like, maybe I'm the first, right? Maybe I'm the first. <laughs> I'm probably not the first, but I was like, maybe I'm the first. So even just getting that first pen, I was just, it was just Oh man, man, just something that I was so proud of. Yeah, yeah, I think, uh, man, we should do more research on that because that'd be cool. (laughs) You might be. I definitely think that Polynesians, as voyagers, and and, you know, they were um, the kings and queens of the ocean. They sailed, and I Mm -hmm. I definitely think that they 
invented things way back when. And back oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Were, right. And, and people copy them. So we come from that. We come from yeah. you know, innovators. We come from leaders and entrepreneurs. They did their own thing. They sold their own things, you know? And yeah, and yeah. And so we, we come from that. It's in our blood. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, and I think there's something really beautiful about that, that we just, you know, um, yeah, that a lot of people just haven't tapped into yet. But when you tap into it, it's powerful, you know? Like yeah. it really is. Like there's something sacred about getting that little itch and and making that work and and doing really cool things with it um i think that's cool man yeah absolutely well so here i i won't take your whole night um but i really appreciate you coming on i really appreciate our conversation like you're amazing (laughs) (laughs) yeah absolutely so before but before we leave obviously uh give you a chance where can where can everybody go find you i know you're big on linkedin but but where else can they find you or get a hold of washi? Do you, by the way, do you sell, do you sell washies just uh, like to anybody or do you, is it only commercial right now? Yeah. So washi is made for public restrooms, high okay. traffic public restrooms, uh, casinos, airports, hotels, um, uh, arenas, event centers, just where mm-hmm. like, tons of people are. Um, and so we, we're B2B, we're commercial. We are coming out with a residential seat in the future, just not right now. But um, I I tell my journey and my story on LinkedIn. So if you want to find me on LinkedIn under uh, linkedin.com slash Polecki, P-O-L-E-K-I. That's my last name. Um, And then if you want to learn more about the product, washitoiletseat.com. And and I really try on LinkedIn. There are tons and tons and tons of people who message me that want to start their journey, that have questions about becoming an inventor or an entrepreneur. And I answer all of them. So if you have questions, if you need help along the way, just inbox me. Wow. Well, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and I think people should take more advantage of that. That's one of the, before I let you go, like, that's one of the things about this show that I, that I really like. I love having people like you on because so many people chase, and I, and I've been saying this cause I've been interviewing a few people, but so many people chase these, these, you know, like big household names that are like 2000 steps ahead of them. Right. But yeah. you got somebody like you, like, you're only you're only like 50 or 100 steps ahead and, and you'll answer your inbox like that's insane. Right. Like people yeah. just don't really, they don't think about that. That That's kind of why that's one of the names for the podcast. Right. But like <laughs> just like Rob, Rob will answer your questions. Yeah. And there's a lot of people, successful people uh, in Utah and Idaho that I've reached out to that actually respond. You know, they're, yeah. they, um, people want to help people have a genuine um, uh uh, attitude and feeling of of helping others, especially entrepreneurs. So, if you are uh, genuine about what you want and um, and reach out to you know people that have been successful, uh, I think people will, uh, respond. So, and I'm one of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, that well, you're awesome, man. I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it.